Sports Social with Eddie Stid Jr. We are back, and this is a special episode. For those that have been counting or have been following the show since the very beginning, this is episode number 100. Yes, 100 episodes. I'm Look, I don't even know how to, you know, properly put into perspective having 100 episodes in anything, whether it's a TV show, radio show, podcast. This is a big deal for me. And I just really want to thank everybody that's been tuning in and been following the show. If this is the first episode you're listening to, you have plenty of time to catch up. But uh, this is a, a great a great feeling to know that 100 episodes of this show that when I originally started it, I wasn't sure if it was a, a good idea to do a show by myself, interviewing uh, different people in sports, whether they were media personnel or they were players former players current um you have entertainers who also do know a lot about sports just i i wanted to do a show that was basically as nerdy uh, should i you know i had to use the word nerdy because that's the best way i look at it of a sports show that i could think of i didn't want it to be the ultimate oh wow like we're gonna get this this ultimate cool person let's do this it's you know, I want it to be a very standard, everybody can relate to it type of show. And you're going to have a wide net of different type of guests here, whether they're actors, actresses, uh, like I said, other entertainers. Everyone's welcome for this type of show. And I just want to thank everybody that's been tuning in and supporting it and, you know, be able to win a couple of awards along the way for this show has been amazing. And just like I said, this is number 100. And I, for the, for the longest, I was thinking about, okay, when I get to episode 100, what do I do? What is the special thing I'm going to do? You know, I, I don't want it to be like any other episode. I want it to be something a little special with it. You know, something to add a little more umph to the situation. So what I decided to do was go to the Atlantic Antic. And for those that don't know what the Atlantic Antic is, it's uh, the biggest street festival in Brooklyn. It happens once a year. It's uh, every fall pretty much September and I got the opportunity to be there with Brooklyn Free Speech and talk to different people not only about Brooklyn Free Speech radio and all the great things that are going on there but just about my show itself and being out there with the people with the microphone and, and just getting their thoughts on sports just that's all it was just just talk to them about sports I didn't want to let them know too much I didn't let them know about the show I didn't want to go too deep into you know what I was trying to pull from it. I didn't want to pull and be like, hey, come over here. This is 100th episode. I just wanted people to give their genuine opinion on sports. And I got a couple of people to talk. And you, you'll be surprised with some of the stuff that they uh, came up with. Uh, especially, we had this one uh, this this one young man who, uh, and I say young, and I'm being very sarcastic. He's an older gentleman, I should say. He decided that he wanted to talk about cycling. Because that's something that I haven't spoken about on the show. And every time I, I do one of these episodes, at the end, I always say, hit me up if you have any ideas of a, a show topic or something that I may not have, you know, discussed. That's how we've got episodes like with soccer, um, with hockey. We're going to do more hockey episodes as well. He wanted to talk about cycling. And you got to hear how deep he goes into cycling. It's really uh, inspiring stuff for the, for the most part because it lets you know what everyone likes out here. It's not just... Everyone doesn't have a universal sport that they like. I have a sport that I like. You have a sport that you like. It, it's just a lot of sharing in regards to preferences and, and a lot of learning. And that's that's really one of the biggest things I wanted to bring from it. So I'm going to play him a little bit later in the show. 
and uh, just give you guys a little insight on that world. Also, I had the the uh, fortunate opportunity to uh, speak with several people from the fire departments, not just in New York City, but from all over. I'm talking about from Virginia, uh, Providence, Rhode Island. They were all here for a special uh, chili cook-off contest, and it was all for raising money for their different departments and you know helping out with their charities and stuff back home. It was a uh, really interesting competition, and I, I, first of all, I was blown away by how delicious the food was. Just want to put that out there, so thank you to everybody involved with that. And also, I got to speak with Station 19 star, that's the show on uh, ABC, a uh, spinoff from Grey's Anatomy, Mr. Jason George. He was uh, there as a special guest judge. Got to speak with him, I'm going to let you guys listen to that. He had a, a lot of great insight, and he was definitely not only into his role as a firefighter, but also into just the culture and, and learning about what, how the day-to-day goes. I mean, I, I was just watching this guy in the process. He was literally just following everybody that was a, a firefighter around, talking to him, getting ideas, sharing stories, and I, thought, I just thought that was really cool and a, a really good look for him there. So I definitely want you guys to check that out. Just a little background regarding the entire event. It's the second year in a row was Hormel Chili teaming up with the National Fallen Firefighters Foundation. And uh, this is to honor America's heroic firefighters, of course. It took place at the New York City Fire Museum over on Spring Street in Lower Manhattan. And uh, it was just great in terms of the different finalists and they were just going at it. Just to uh, give people a, a little bit of a breakdown... We had Eddie, Milton, Garrett, Dan, and Alex, all firefighters from different parts of the country. We have from Dallas, Texas, from Virginia, from Minnesota, from Rhode Island, and from Florida, all coming to New York for this national competition. It was really a lot of fun, and it was all for a great cause. So definitely stay tuned for that. Also, the other big thing that was happening this week for, I should say, uh, Probably a majority of the teams out there, 28 of the 30 teams, because you had two teams get ready for China. NBA Media Day kicked off on Monday, and a lot of different sounds from that. Just, uh, you know, obviously the, the whole Enos Cantor thing. I'm gonna, I'm not going to play it, but I am going to just give you the breakdown, basically, because he said, you know, when he thinks of the playoffs, it makes his nipples hard. And uh, that was a, a nice little tidbit for social media, but is Enos Cantor, what can you expect? Uh, the Knicks, obviously, were one of the teams uh, taking pictures and talking with the media. Chris Porzingis, you're going to hear from him. And uh, just uh, a couple of the other players on the team, as well as from the Brooklyn Nets. They also had their media day on Monday. Also, a uh, big development in terms of the last, i say, week or so. Dwayne Wade finally signed with the Miami Heat. And he made his dramatic announcement that this would be his last season in a special YouTube video called Last Dance. And in Last Dance, he uh, basically breaks down the ending of his career. He's very detailed. I'm going to play the entire thing so you guys can stay tuned for that and uh, just share your thoughts on Dwayne Wade finally leaving the game. And, uh, you know, i got to be honest with you, he's definitely a Hall of Famer. You cannot take that away from him. The guy was dominant when he was in his prime. He was also a very, a really good complimentary player with LeBron James. The guy still put up numbers even towards the end of his career when he could barely uh, move the way he used to. So, I, you know, hats off to Dwayne Wade. I don't think I'll put him in the same, you know, breath as a Michael Jordan or a Kobe Bryant. But I think the guy is, like, right there. If you want to talk about, like, the, the just 
an inch below. He is right there. Definitely for what he's done with the Miami Heat, winning all those titles with LeBron and without LeBron. So, uh, you know, Dwayne Wade, I think people should really honor him and uh, show him some respect. I don't think they're going to do the full Kobe, you know, retirement tour thing with him, but we'll see. I, I think he does deserve a lot of love in certain cities for his contributions to the game. And he's just one of those players that is just going to become iconic with what the NBA has always been about. So I really, you know, hats off to Dwayne Wade, uh, one of my favorites when he was definitely in his prime. So uh, this is his last season. As always, this is episode 100. So you guys know drill. Hit me up on Twitter as well as Instagram. That's at Ed Easton Jr. on both. And let me know what you think. What, what should I have on the show? Who should I talk to? And uh, let's let's go from there. So we're going to step aside for a break. You're listening to Sports Social with Eddie C. Jr. here on Brooklyn Free Speech Radio, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Okay, Sports Social with Eddie Easton Jr. We're here right now with Danny, who's here at the Atlantic Annex. And then I got to ask you, you're a huge Giants fan, right? Yeah. Yeah. He goes, yeah, yeah. It's because of the way they've been playing, so you're like, I don't know, right? Uh, yeah. I've liked them for a while. I've seen them good. I've seen them bad. Most of the bad. Most of the bad? Yeah. All right, so what do you think of Saquon Barkley? You know, he's the first pick. What do you think? I don't know. Be excited to see something besides a shotgun draw for a chance. Okay. He seems like he has potential running the ball. Just the offensive line. I don't know about it. Right. Eric Flowers. <laughs> All right, my last one real quick. Eli Manning, you think he has to retire after this year? I think he's got a couple more years left. A couple more years? A couple more years. Okay. You should start looking into a new one, but I think he's got a couple more years left. All right, there you have it. All right, so we got Danny here, Brooklyn Free Speech Radio. We are here at the Atlantic Attic. Okay, I'm here with Mike, and Mike, you're a big cycling expert, correct? Not an expert, exactly, but I've been following him since I was uh, a lad, which is like 60 years ago. And I used to be a cyclist, and uh, it's not just about the Tour de France, of course, there are other races. Uh, anybody who's a uh, true believer in this world will follow the, uh, the fortunes of uh, the European classic races, one day, one day races, and uh, highly coveted as um, Unfortunately, nowadays the accent is mostly on the Tour de France, but um, a complete rider, complete, all the acknowledged greats of cycling have more than just the Tour de France to their credit. They won one-day races, they won different types of races. So it's just the races where all the sponsors are putting up all the money and all the um, coverage. And then after that, it might just cycling might just well as not exist. Right. Which is they take the New York Times, right? The paper of record. It's hard to find the results of the Tour of Spain, which is a, one of the three big tours of the year. Tour de France, Tour of Italy, Tour of Spain. You could they, they covered it for two days to get the results, and then you couldn't find it anywhere in the paper. So. Like I'm saying, it's um, all kind of comes and goes, and people are not really kind of aware that this actually exists anymore. Tour of Spain must have only been two days long. That's right. all, you know what I'm saying? All the coverage it gets. 
anyway, that's that's my the extent of my expertise. So thanks for letting me talk. Okay, one quick question. One yeah. quick question. So you said obviously you gave all your description about cycling and the importance. Lance Armstrong, do you consider him still a champion after all the controversy? Really quick. Well, only because everybody else was doing the same thing. But his drug thing was so important. It was so much better organized. It had all the money that the U.S. could put behind it, and it was completely, completely uh, wrong. It's wrong. It's intrinsically wrong, morally wrong, and it doesn't do the sport any good. Because if you can't, if you can't afford the drugs, then you might just as well not bother competing. That was the kind of attitude that prevailed in the last Armstrong. Last Armstrong it deserves all the disgrace he got. Okay, I appreciate. It. Thank Thanks. you, man. Alright, so what are, you, what are your thoughts on uh, listening to a little bit of my show on Brooklyn Free Speech Radio? Oh, it's fun. You got a good personality to it. What's it? I only got like the first like two minutes. Well, that's like, like a teaser, so you get the rest of it. You just go home, log on the sound. I was intrigued. I wanted more. That's all I needed. I needed for you to be intrigued. So I appreciate it. Price, price, price. Thank you very much. Oh, what's it? Can I say the Yankees suck and they're not going to lose? They're going to lose the wild card game to the A's. Hey, you know what? I like it's the Yankees. Good. I like the Yankees and all, but they're going to lose the wild card game. I got a question for you. Yes. Do you think it's Aaron Boone's fault? Partly, only because he has to get that uh, that bullpen situated. And Girardi was a great bullpen man. He was probably overmanaged man. the bullpen. That's why they got rid of him. Yeah, now you got a guy who doesn't manage it as well, and you see the difference between last year and this year. Yeah. So you kind of get you got to pick your points. Well, so I was glad to see Girardi go first. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're making we're making podcasts. iHeartRadio now combines your favorite radio stations plus your on-demand music collection all in one app iHeartRadio All Access now allows you to take your music collection offline to listen anywhere without a connection or using data. From the My Music Pivot, tap on a playlist you want to take offline. Toggle to offline. Indicators will fill in seconds, showing when your tracks and playlists are available offline. Radio plus unlimited music all in one app. I'm Paul George. When I was six, I had one thing on my mind. When I was six, my days were spent playing basketball every chance I could. When I was six, my dream was to make it to the NBA. When I was six, my mom had a stroke. So I want you to learn the signs of a stroke fast. F A S T. F face drooping. A arm weakness. S speech difficulty. T, time to call 911. Because the sooner they get to the hospital, the sooner they'll get treatment. And that can make a remarkable difference in their recovery. I'm Paul George. Protect the ones you love. Spot a stroke F A S T. Fast. Life is why. Visit strokeassociation.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. When you first come in the league, the vets tell you, they say, young fella, it's going to go by fast. You think at that time, I'm just getting started. As I, as I stand here today, September 16th, roughly 1.15 p.m., I'm here to tell you, it goes by fast. 
It's been a tough summer. This has been a summer for me that not a lot of athletes want to see this time come. Where you have to decide if you want to continue to play the game that you love. Continue to play the game that you played for, for me, 31 years. Since I was five. Or if you want to walk away. If you want to do something else. If you want to clear the path and let the next generation come. And it's a lot of emotions that go with that. You ask yourself so many questions. You're like, can I physically do it? Can I physically get out of bed every day to do this? Can I deal with every step hurting in the morning? Can I deal with the travel? Can I be away from my family? Is it selfish of me wanting to continue to be away from my family? Can I miss my son games? Can I miss my son? Can I not be there in moments that they need me? Can I not read to my kids as much as I want? Can I not be there to support my wife? It's all these things, and these things to you guys may seem small, but to me they real. I feel like my family have put me first for so many years, for good reasons. But I feel like it comes a point in time where we all gotta think about someone else, and especially the ones around you that have supported you, supported your dreams, supported your journey, like my family have. I'll give you all a quick run through of my life. A lot of you guys see me as a three-time champion, a 12-time All-Star, a, a Olympic gold medalist. But what y'all didn't see is y'all didn't see that kid that no one seen because he was small, because he couldn't shoot as good as everybody else, because he wasn't athletic as everybody else, because he was from the inner city of Chicago, because he lived in a town called Robbins, Illinois. Y'all didn't see that person. Y'all didn't see the grind. Y'all didn't see the, the tears. Y'all didn't see the moments where it just looked like it, it wouldn't happen. So everybody have these ideas of who I supposed to be and what I supposed to be and how I supposed to be it. I didn't have those ideas. I just had a dream of, of being in the NBA. And man, as I sit here 15 years later, How did I end up having a career and a life so far in this game of basketball that I've had? I didn't play varsity until my junior year. I wasn't good enough to play because I didn't play. I had three scholarship offers to go to school. Three and a half, I had a partial one to another school. I had to sit out my first year when I went to college. I couldn't play. I got drafted fifth in the NBA draft in 2003, but it wasn't about me. But I worked. I believed. I believed that if I put the work in, if I laid it all out there, if I gave everything to this game, I can walk away from this game with my head up high. And people along the way, along this journey, told me, young fellow, you can't keep playing that way. You can't keep playing that way. You're not going to last long. And maybe they right. Maybe they was right. Maybe if I would have became more of a jump shooter, if I became more of this, I wouldn't be sitting here at 36 years old asking myself, do I want to walk away from this game? But that's not me. 
You guys know me, when I'm into something, when I believe in something, I go 110% into it. And that's what I did. So I gave my body up. I gave my, my county up. I gave my money up. I gave everything up to, to, to get to that dream, that goal that I always wanted to get to. And that's the feeling of being a champion. That's the feeling of being a part of something that's bigger than you. I've always wanted that from where I grew up in the inner city of Chicago. I always wanted to be a part of something that was bigger than me. And this game has been that. It's been bigger than me. It's been bigger than how many points I can score. It's been bigger than how many times I hear my name in the starting lineup. It's been bigger than, it's been bigger than. So as I stand in front of this camera today, as I talk with nobody in this room, I'm talking to you guys, I'm talking to my fans, and I want to say, Along the journey, the people that supported me before the world knew me, thank you. The ones that push me when I'm down, the ones that tell me I can keep doing it. My family, my wife, my mom, my sister, my so forth and so on, thank you. But I also wanna thank my fans along this journey. The ones that got a chance to know me, the ones that's tried to get a chance to know me. Thank you guys for the love, man. Like, Wade County, I have a county. A lot of you guys don't know because y'all look at us as superheroes. Kids look at you as superheroes. You guys see us on TV, y'all look at us as, as superheroes, but we're human. I lost somebody very important in my life. And when I lost, when I lost Hank, I lost a part of me. You know, I, I lost a part of that joy in the game of basketball. From a kid, we always play to make people proud. You want your mom proud, you want your dad proud. You know, at one point I wanted my older brother proud. When Hank came in my life, I wanted Hank to be proud of me. Proud of this journey. And with him not being there last year, that was it. I lost something from this game. And me getting traded back to Miami, it helped. But it wasn't enough. Dang. <laughs> so this decision is bigger than the game of basketball. This decision don't have nothing to do with the talent that I have in my body. Yeah, I'm not as quick as I used to be. Yeah, I don't jump as high as I used to. And boy, I used to get up. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't. But it's things in this game that I have that I can write a book on, that I can still do and I can still accomplish with an organization, with a team, with the right individual, with the right coach, in the right situation. But it's a lot of things you guys don't know that we deal with. And I have dealt with this summer to make this decision. And this is the hardest decision that I've ever had to make. But it's one of the best decisions that I've had to make as well, to be in this position. To be in this position that I'm in, to have the career that I've had, I can't do nothing but smile on it. I can't do nothing but just enjoy it like I've had. So this decision is not easy. It's not. And I've asked myself why and why not and what and what not and all these things. And I've heard everything from my family to my fans around the world of what I should and shouldn't do. But I've always did things my way. 
whether they've been good or whether they've been bad, I got here because I've done things the way that I feel is right for me and that was right for my family. And what I feel is right, I feel it's right to ask you guys to join me for one last dance, for one last season. This is it. I've given this game everything that I have, and I'm happy about that. And I'm going to give it for one last season, everything else I have left. And when I walk away, I'm still going to love it. I'm still going to want to play it. I'm still going to miss the playoff moments. I'm still going to miss the crowd cheering my name. I'm still going to miss 20,000 booing for me. I said booing for me because that's what they're doing. But I ask y'all, let's enjoy it. Let's have some joy through this last season. Let's push this young team over the hump. And let's write our own story to the end of this career together. Together. Season 1-6, internally we call it Sweet 16. It's coming to an arena real soon. Feeling good, uh, leg is getting stronger. Feeling really, really good. Doing some stuff on the court already, shooting, uh, live running, so making progress every day. And uh, timetable, there's no timetable yet. You know, we're, we're moving forward, we're progressing every day, and, and uh, whenever I'm, I'm ready, I'm gonna be back. I'm running, I'm running. Um, it, it's a progression, you know, I'm not sprinting yet, but, but I'm, I'm, I'm doing some running and uh, and uh, as I said, I mean, every day is a little bit, a little bit of progress, something new. So uh, I'm, I'm, I feel good with where I am right now. It's good that I have a good team around me, good people around me that are holding me back when I need to be held back and, and, uh, and telling me to be patient when I need to be more patient. So um, it's, been, it's been a long process, it's already been seven and a half months. Um, so obviously, you know, I'm, 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 I'm getting itchy and I want to I be back on the court as soon as possible. But, but uh, it won't happen until I am 110% and, and, and I'm medically cleared. So, Chris, I know that you only spent a couple of days with Coach Fisdale, but based on your time with him at home, did you get the impression that he's the kind of coach that can push you to where you want to be offensively and defensively? I believe so. I believe so. I believe that he's, he's that type of person that uh, wants to you know, get the maximum out of each you know, player around him. So... Um, I think me and him, we, we could work together really well with him being able to, you know, ask those things of me and, and me, you know, keep pushing and, and try to achieve those things, which are also my goals. So I think we're on the same page there. You've probably seen some highlights of Kevin Knox. You've now probably seen him in person play a little bit. What's your impressions of him and how are you guys getting along and what do you envision as a tandem at yeah. some point this season? Yeah, he had, some, he had some really good highlights in the summer league. Uh, I watched a little bit of summer league. And um, I haven't really seen him in person yet, uh, working out or, or basketball-wise. I've just seen some conditioning stuff. So, um, but I'm looking forward to you know getting to know him more and and, and seeing, you know, uh, how he plays and how he thinks and and so on. With so many new players and and a lot of youth, how will you go through this progress of your rehab? Will you be with the team a lot? Travel? What sort of the process and the plan right now for you? That's, that's something we still have to figure out. Uh, we're still scheduling all that stuff. But as I said, I want to be around the guys as much as possible, be, be with the team as much as possible. So that's something uh, we, have to, we have to plan. I mean, I can't wait to get in front of the fans. Uh, I know it gets pretty crazy in there. So 
I'm really looking forward to finally uh, stepping on the Madison Square Garden and be able to play in front of the fans. I mean, it's going to be a great experience. I mean, I'm up to the challenge. I mean, I know it's a hard place to play in, but, I mean, uh, that's where i kind of been raised at. I mean, I work really hard to be where I'm at now, so I'm definitely uh, ready to embrace that challenge. Me and Coach Fizz talk a lot. I mean, uh, one of the things he tells me, he wants me to uh, play freely. I mean, he does, he's not going to put no position on me. Uh, he kind of wants everyone to play positionless basketball. I mean, he's not going to put nobody in the box. So, I mean, he just kind of gets that message to everyone on the team, just to go out and do what you do best. Personal goal is to win. I mean, that's kind of the only thing that's been on my mind this whole summer. It's going to be on my mind throughout the whole season, uh, just to get better as a player. Uh, get better as a team, uh, get to learn each, each, everyone on the team. And, and my most ultimate goal right now is to win and get as many wins as possible. And I just feel like we had one of the better summers out of any, any NBA team uh, this year, this, uh, this uh, upcoming season. I mean, uh, with the work we put in this summer, uh, we got uh, everyone in great shape. I mean, the energy we have in the locker room, on the court. I mean, it's just fun to be around, and I feel like that we have a kind of a bond, a chemistry that's going to help us on the court. I mean, we've been together all summer, uh, like 14 guys, uh, been in the gym playing pickup every day. So I just feel like the energy we have right now is it's going to uh, go on towards the season, and we're going to have a great year together. Yeah, you felt like you were better than a lot of the guys you drafted, never drafted ahead of you. Uh, I tell you that, your reaction to that. <laughs> I mean, just... I mean, those guys, they deserve what they got. Uh, they, they work just as hard as me. I mean, they apparently they did something to get them where they are, but I mean, I just feel like I played the game the right way and I've done it in college. We we win games, and I don't understand why you don't want winners, but at the same time, I'm happy where I'm at, and I'm glad that I'm on Brooklyn Net. Did it bother you at all, not hearing your name called? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm a competitive guy, so at the same time, I, I wanted to hear my name called. It's been a dream of mine. I feel like that's every person that goes into the NBA dream to hear their name called on that night. But at the same time, I'm here and I'm, I'm with Brooklyn, so I'm excited. How quickly after the draft did, you, did they contact you? Uh, literally, the draft wasn't even over yet. <laughs> so I knew I was going to come here for um, – to compete and go to train, go to um, summer league with them before the draft even ended. One of the other things he also said was that he feels like the style of play is actually going to help you. You yeah. know, this team likes to spread the floor, run, shoot threes. Yep. And you weren't really known for your three-point shot in college, but he feels like now sort of that encouragement is going to help you. So oh, yeah. you say what? Definitely. I mean, I think the biggest thing with everything is confidence. I mean, just it's a new start for me. Um, just coming in and understanding we have so many guys that they're sort of similar to me with like Spence. Uh, I've just been watching him a lot during this offseason, just how he plays the game and controls the game and his size, the way he handles the ball and make plays. Uh, it's a lot of, and they encourage you to shoot here. I mean, if you don't shoot it, you get yelled at basically. So uh, it's, it's, it's been a definitely big change for me, but it's been, it's been fun also. You're also kind of like a point forward. So how much do you feel like that's going to help you also with spacing and things of that nature? Uh, big time. I mean, it's just, we have so many interchangeable spots on the floor. And with, especially at Carolina, when I had to know one through four, uh, it's going to help me out here understanding that I can do that as far as not just knowing one position, I can know multiple positions. How much do you feel like sort of that big game experience in North Carolina you know, having those big games every night yeah. is going to help you here. Yeah, at playing the in a level. football stadium changes yeah. <laughs> everything. Uh, yeah. uh, that it's hard. To, it's hard to top that. It really is. I mean, I know it's college and this is a whole different level, but 
with that magnitude going back to back, it's, 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 it's huge. Yeah. You already had a taste of the Barclays Center, too. Oh, yeah. ACC tournament. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I so. play well in the Barclays, so I guess like they, they took an account for that. Uh, you, you shot 22% from three mm -hmm. in your last year at North Carolina, and then shot 42% in, uh -huh. the, in, the, in the summer league. What yeah. happened? Uh, like you said, I mean, I guess it's just confidence and knowing that I'm able to shoot the ball. I know I can, but... Uh, we, they encourage you to shoot here, and uh, <laughs> I guess when you got the freedom to go ahead and shoot it, you, you got more confidence to just let did it go. They, did they work with you on your shot? No, they didn't. <laughs> I mean, we, just, we literally had like four days of practice. They even told me, they are like, well, we didn't expect you to come shoot 42%, but uh, good. <laughs> so it was yeah, it was a good good little tournament for me. And it helps. It helps with that. How close do you feel you were able to get back to your form when you came back from the injury? I know it took a little while to get your legs under you, but by the end of the season, how close to your form do you think you were? Uh, it's hard to tell, you know, because my I would say my role completely changed, so getting back to where I was at, it, 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 it was different. So I think it's, as far as how I felt, speaking on that part, I felt great. You know? um, still felt like I could I could be stronger at any, any given time. So uh, that's what I want to focus on. In terms of, uh, I mean, in terms of team defense, do you expect? I mean, obviously, you guys are really strong, but I mean, is the deep team defense going to have to get better with each guy individually, sure. or is it more a matter of tweaking scheme? That scheme, um, and then it's hard, man. It's, I think it's uh, one of the hardest, you know, hardest thing people people don't really understand is, is defense in this league. You got better offense over better defense any day with that. So, um, just trying to be at the, in the right place at the right time, um, perfecting a little, you know, every possession is what we, what I want to preach, um, and I think it's been on the string defensively. What's been your impression of the scrimmages you guys have had over the summer the last couple of weeks? Just this talent. Like I said, I, I think we got you know great guys that were bad. You know, guys got better this summer. Um, so I, I think. The open gyms and stuff were, were very competitive. Um, everybody got after. That was that was what I enjoyed most. Just being able to compete and really get after. You're excited for the second year in this system from off season now. Like we saw Joe Harris, Richard Dinwiddie, Rondé took a big step last year in their second year. Maybe you, Harris, so guys here could take that step. Yeah, like I said, everybody was in this summer. You know, been working, you know, numerous amounts of numbers, um, many hours. So. Looking forward to seeing those results. NFC, AFC, offensive linemen, defensive tackles, quarterbacks, and cornerbacks are all working with United Way for a million little reasons. The kids of our communities. To ensure their academic success all the way to graduation day. See, it takes about 12 years to create a graduate, but it takes the same time to create a dropout and the difference between a kid becoming one or the other could be a professional athlete or it could be you. Studies showed the earlier we get to kids, the better their chances. So become a United Way volunteer reader, tutor, or mentor, and make a difference in the life of a child, for the life of that child. Give. Advocate. Volunteer. Live United. Join your favorite NFL players. 
take the pledge. Go to unitedway.org. I just want to ask you, um, what are your thoughts on the event so far and just putting it together? So far, it's been a great event. Uh, we've had a lot of really good community support from people around the country rallying behind their firefighters. And it's really cool to see family and friends and folks from the firehouse here to support everybody here today. And um, what are you expecting uh, just for people that are supporting? What are you expecting them to do in terms of like just giving back to the, to the firefighters and the, and the departments? Because obviously we're here in the museum right now. Yep. So the big part of this event is obviously we're here to recognize America's Best Firehouse Chile, um, but the even bigger part of it is to really thank the firefighters for the tremendous service that they give day in and day out in their community. In fact, Hormel Foods as part of this is not only donating $10,000 to the winning firehouse, but we're making a $20,000 donation to the National Fallen Firefighters Foundation as well. Um, really great partners and we're really humbled as a brand and just even personally to be involved with that group. How's it feel to um, have Jason George here, obviously, from Station 19 here on, on ABC? Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts on having his presence here? It's a great fit to have him. <laughs> uh, it's a great fit to have Jason George here partnering with the brand. Um, you know, Chile and Firehouse has come together and really connect really well. Um, and so if you add in a hit show, plus Hormel Chile, plus Firehouses, you just can't go wrong. It's a great trifecta. I hear that. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you very much. All right, Jason, uh, how's it going, man? Thank you for taking the time to speak with us. And uh, just how does it feel to be a part of uh, this type of event, work with the firefighters? No, look, this is fantastic. Uh, when Hormel reached out to me and said, you know, we're, doing a, we're, we're trying to give money to the Fallen Firefighter Foundation, and we're trying to give respect to the, you know, the, the firefighters who you know, bravely serve their communities, and it just seemed like a no-brainer to me. They're giving $20,000 to the Fallen Firefighters Foundation. Ten grand to whoever wins the chili cook-off. And if you've ever been to a fire station, you know, the instant you walk in, mm -hmm. you see the toys, yes. the truck, mm -hmm. the engine, the aid car. But then you get upstairs and the smells hit you because it honestly becomes, nobody talks more trash than firefighters, <laughs> you know, when they're off duty. And it, the only thing you can really talk trash about is besides how you fight fires is how you cook. So that's always a competition in every firehouse. I mean, the Station 20, the one that uh, Station 19 is based off of in Seattle, yes. we actually were late shooting. They, they yelled at all the actors because they had some jerk chicken going on upstairs, and it was going <laughs> off. So I got off the elevator, and I had a flashback mm -hmm. to that moment where the smells of this chili oh, yeah, you know, hit me, and I got hungry. Yo, okay. I just ate an hour or two ago, but I got hungry again real quick. Okay, okay. So I'm obviously you're yeah. tasting everything when you come around here. Oh, I'm so. judging for real. Yes. Oh, it's, yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's going down. This is, it's legit. Because, look, I mean, you know, firefighters, these dudes work up appetites. Oh, yeah. And so you can't, you, you got you to come correct. Yes. With whatever you are feeding them, it, it can't, it has to be legit or else you will get talked about. Right. Yeah, your, your, your cooking privileges are revoked. <laughs> you just do hoses from now on. Just like that. It's, I mean, look, yeah. you know, you're trying to feed these guys because they live together for 24 hours at a shot every other day. Right, right. You know, so half your life is spent with these people. You eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner mm -hmm. uh, with the crew. So when you find, you know, when you find the guys who actually know how to cook, who know how to throw down yes. and cook for an entire crew, that's a special spot in the, within the crew. Uh, and you get some love. So uh, this just made all the sense in the world to me when Hormel brought it up to me. I said, any opportunity to raise money for the Fallen Firefighters Foundation. Uh, you know, 20 grand for them, 10 grand for the firehouse that, uh, mm -hmm. that wins. I was like, yeah, I'm good. I'm in. It's perfect. Now, I have to ask you as well, because obviously on Station 19, you're playing a firefighter. Yes. Did you uh, get a lot of lessons? Uh, just obviously, were you shadowing, uh, you know, current firefighters oh, yeah. and just, just preparing for the role? No, we have uh, we have fire techs that put us through our paces beforehand and, and, and just work, work us out. Because, you know, they, I mean, little things like 
getting in and out of the turnouts. You know, they call them, you know, depending where you are, sometimes they call them bunkers. You know, we call them turnouts. Uh, it's a fireproof gear that's like 40 pounds of gear. And then the oxygen tank's another 15, 20 pounds. So you're racking around 60 pounds of gear on, but you've got to get in and out of that in minimum 60 seconds. Right. The reality is if you take 60 seconds to get in and out of it, you're going to get talked about. Yeah. You should be getting in and out of it in less than 30 <laughs> seconds. Uh, and so that, you know, when you the first time you do it, you got to learn how to do that. How does, you know, your, your halligans, your, your axes, you know, and they're constantly giving us more training because every situation we're learning more and more stuff. How you work, you know, on the really big fires. You know, when you've got three people on the big hoses, right, right, uh, right, and you realize, right. you know, the kickback of those things. This is, these are hoses that'll knock a, knock a grown man off his feet. Mm -hmm. You know, one on front. You know, two people backing them up, and yes. how to do that? How to march in unison to get that? So it's it's. Look, I'm having. I'm like I'm like a little kid with toys, basically. Oh, okay. But I get to still say really. Do, you know, say grown-up words and whatnot. Great, great. <laughs> now, I have to ask you, obviously, you say you're picking up all this weight and you got to do all this movement. You're in great shape. I, was, I, shape, I, so I thought I was in shape, you and then they put us through it. We, no. Look, we, they, had us, they got us sweating like a pound or two of water weight every day that we're in the turnouts because oh, we'll be man. in the gear. You know, that's one thing that actually, because I give all credit to the real firefighters because nobody else cut on a real fire. Right, right. But they turned around and gave us the props. They said, listen, man, they said yeah. most of our fires are about 45 minutes. At a shot, they said we're in the turnouts for eight to twelve hours uh, on like a you know, on a big day, and sometimes it's out in the heat. And they're like, yes. yeah, they said good luck with that. Yeah, yeah. The firefighters were like, I don't want to do that game. So, uh, mm -hmm. so we have our fun. We have our fun. We, we we're slinging stuff. I'm jumping on and off of trucks, and we're slinging around gear. And but it's fun. It's just, right. you know everything you did when you were a kid, but now they're paying me to do it. Right. Right. Well, Jason, thank you very much for uh, taking the time and obviously coming out here and judging. So, uh, no, I appreciate it. I mean, look, anything, I just want people to recognize that the firefighters are the one public servant that are pure heroes. Yes. Because when they come, it's only because you're having a bad day. Right. You know, anything, everything else gets complicated. Firefighters mm -hmm. are very uncomplicated. They're just there to protect and serve the community. And so, right. anything we can do to help them, uh, I'm all about it. Right. Thank you very much. All right, man. Take care. Garrett and Milton. Um, I mean, it's a huge honor to be even in the top five of the best firehouse chilies in the country, um, and especially knowing that we're going to crown a winner out of this. But on a more important note, from my standpoint, um, just thank you for all the work that you guys do day in and day out as firefighters to build a safer and stronger community. Um, you know, we're really humbled to have you here, and the fact that you've taken time out of your busy schedule to travel out to New York and come to an event like this. Um, and it's been really heartwarming seeing a lot of the community um, rallying around um, you know, a little pressure from some of the people here, you know, but that's okay. Um, but no, it's been great seeing the local community get so excited and jazzed about this as well. Um, we're very excited to have Jason George with us from um, ABC's hit show, Station 19. So as one of our um, celebrity judges, so that'll be great. Um, so we'll be comparing notes here. Um, and then uh, Chief Ron as well from the National Firefighters, or Fallen Firefighters Foundation. Um, obviously very honored as a brand to partner with a great organization and you know had some time to do some reflecting last night as you think about what firefighters do and I mean you guys are true heroes everybody that's here is a firefighter because you run into danger when other people are running away and I don't think there's a lot of lines of work that people can say that about that so just as a community and a country we are so much better off for having firefighters and having the willingness to do what it takes, whether it's running into a burning building or making sure that we have all the electricity, uh, kind of working on the breakers. So with that, uh, we're very excited. Um, we'll turn it over to Jason George to say a few words as well. So. Look, I, I don't want to say much. I want to get to the eating. Uh, uh, so I've never had a 
guys seafood and chili before, so I'm looking to check it out. We got some turkey down the way. I'm just honored that, uh, to be a part of this, because for me, look, we do, you know, I'm from Hollywood. We, we do make believe. You guys do the real deal. And uh, so we give mad respect to that. And then when they reached out to me and said that we were going to be giving $20,000 to the Fallen Firefighters Foundation, that, I, I said, I'm in. Uh, because for me, that's, that's the world. Like, I'm a Navy frat. And that's how I understand what service is to your community. But you guys do it here every day and for people who need it. So it's just enough, any way that we can say thank you uh, is worth it. And I also know one thing we've learned from all the firefighters that we work with on our show is uh, y'all brutally honest with each other. <laughs> the province fellas over here know the real deal. It's come out from every single one of the contestants that uh, yo, when they uh, use their uh, when they use their crews as guinea pigs, uh, they get told the real deal. So uh, I think we're gonna try and do our best to bring the real deal. Yeah. And, uh, so I just want to thank Armel for bringing me out uh, to be a part of this because. Uh, eating some good food, meeting some good people, and uh, hearing some great stories about you know the, the you know America's bravest. You know it's uh, it a beautiful thing. Thank you guys. For
So uh, what makes it unique, though, is that um, everything that I use for the most part um, in my chili uh, comes from the southwest region. My chili peppers are all from Texas, California, and New Mexico. Um, then I wanted to kind of kick up the flavors a little bit, so I use dried, smoked chipotle peppers that have been ground up. Uh, you have uh, ground, uh, toasted and ground coriander and cumin seeds as well in there. And then just to give it a little added flavor, I use the dark amber beer. My name's Darren Alton, I'm 30 years veteran of the province by Obama. Um, and obviously you can tell there's a little twist on my chili, a little bit uh, outside of the box, but um, you know, guys gave me a little bit of harassment about it, you know, not being a chili, but if you do look in the Webster's definition of chili, seafood chili is mentioned in. So by definition, this is a chili. Webster's good enough for me. So what we went with here was seeing that, you know, I'm from Rhode Island's considered the ocean state. So seafood is something, you know, that we use a lot of, you know, readily available to us. So I want to do like a east meets west meets south. So as Milton had said, you know, it's a Texas sort of dish, you know, it's a national dish of um, them down there. So that's the southern portion of it. The western portion is I get my chili powders and everything out in New Mexico. Um, so that's where all the, uh, the chili powders come from. And then the east portion of it is, you know, from the east coast and the seafood. Um, so, you know, we have dry sea scallops, two different ways inside of the chili. I cook some in the chili itself, and then I also uh, put the dry rub seasoning on some, and we fried them, those likely. We also uh, put a little bit of a southwest dry rub on some pork belly, which are the darker pieces that you see on the top which is a little twist on the scallops wrapped in bacon that you kind of see in a lot of parties, at least up in my area. So that's like the scallop and bacon twist to it. Um, and then there's a couple of ch just chunk pieces of crab. I want to use that for the contrast, the white pieces on the top. And then the rest of uh, the crab has been incorporated into the dish. And um, we cooked it down and you know, see how we do. Perfect. Thank you. Gentlemen, my name is Andy Meyer, representing the Dale City Volunteer Fire Department. Um, but I have for you something I call Smoke Show, and it is named that historically the fire department. That means we show up to a dispatched address and we see smoke coming out. Right? In this context, it represents my love of barbecue and lots of smoky good things that we've got in there. We've got smoked brisket, bacon from Hormel, uh, smoked chipotle peppers, and, uh, and there's some corn that's been in the smoke for a while. So, Hopefully, if I win today, we're going to take $10,000 and my department has a program where we send Santa to a fire truck to eternally ill children in our community, and we visit every year. So, just uh, these funds will do this for Gentlemen, last but not least, um, just like a lot of the other gentlemen trying to represent where they grow up, what they're used to in chili. Chili, like barbecue, depends if you're Kansas, Minnesota, Texas. It's all going to taste a little different. So, Minnesota, the turkey growers capital of the world. Third generation turkey farmer myself, second generation firefighter. Uh, we're always trying to find a new way to use turkey. Um, simple ingredients, just turkey, beans, broth, uh, chilies, heavy cream. You see it's a little different color than everybody brought to you today. I just wanted to try something a little different. Um, I've been making this chili for a fundraiser in our uh, community for four years now. We took home first place a couple of years out of that, so I'm very proud to be here with you guys today. I'm representing Minnesota, Hormel, uh, very big in the turkey industry. I'm not sure if it was your brand today or not. What's uh, <laughs> that? Uh, in a perfect world, it's a little closer to home. I'd love to bring some of our family down here just due to the fact there's a long distance to travel and freshness and things like that. 
we went with whatever they had. Um, but again, just a little different twist on the cream base versus the tomato based product. Um, if we are lucky enough to be chosen, um, our fire department will be purchasing PPE turnout gear. Um, for the last, uh, as you know, NFPA says 10 years, we're pushing 15. In the last two years, we've been denied by FEMA um, for PPE. So, um, <laughs> so we'd like to use that money to help our, at least a few of our guys be a little safer. America's best firehouse chili is Eddie from Dale City. Chili Cook-Off in Orange Beach, Alabama. Uh, I think it's end first weekend of November. Um, so a good time to get out of some cold weather for those of us that are from that area. Um, so we can follow up with you after that. But just for being a finalist, you have to win your way into the competition. And you guys have all, by virtue of being finalists, qualified for that. So congratulations. <laughs> here with Eddie from Virginia and congratulations uh, you are the winner today how's it feel oh it feels so awesome I'm so proud thank you so proud uh, is this your first competition um, I've competed in really really small events you know around town and stuff but, but never anything this, this large on this scale so you okay. any uh, shout outs you want to give to anybody obviously after the big win I'd love to get a shout out shout out to my uh, crew back at station 13 in Dale City and uh, to my family thanks thank you I want to thank everybody from the uh, National Firefighter Chili Cook-Off, uh, Mr. Jason Baskin, the Senior Brand Manager of Hormel Chili, for taking the time to speak with me, as well as Jason George, the uh, guest judge and star of ABC's Station 19, for uh, just chopping it up with me and sharing their thoughts on the event, as well as uh, everybody from the Atlantic Annex that I got the opportunity to speak with. It was a great event, and um, I just, like I said, it's the 100th episode I want to find more events, more things that people are interested in regarding sports or just competition in general. I'm all for it, so be on the lookout for that. We have uh, plenty more episodes to go. This is number 100, but we are far, far, far from over. And I'm uh, just thankful once again for you guys for tuning in. At Eddie St. Jr. on Twitter and Instagram, as always. Until next time, everyone take care. This has been Sports Social with Eddie St. Jr. here on Brooklyn Free Speech Radio iHeartRadio, and Spotify.